Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hi, I'm Mason and I'm conducting the safety audit on Rainbow Road. I have never seen a place in more desperate need of handrails. Why are the handrails here, but not here? I mean, is this on purpose? This is a corner. There's a booster right there. Not to mention that the track just abruptly ends. I mean, how are you even supposed to... Oh, the... The carts turn into gliders. Well, of course they do. Oh yeah, let's just put boosters on the outside of the track right where there's no handrails. Yeah, that's a great idea. Can't see anything going wrong there. Oh, I almost forgot. Uh, why are we in space? Who approved this? What happens if someone falls off the edge? They're just gonna be floating in the infinite void forever or burn up in the atmosphere. What is this? What, what is this? What is the point of this? Oh, you've got a guy that sits in a floating cloud and just fishes people out with a fishing rod and puts them back on the track. Oh, okay. Well, you've got that sorted then. That's, that's good. Well, let's just say that Mario won't be having too many parties once I'm done with it. Good morning, sweet world! And welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, December 14th, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, Matapsha Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o! Hey-o! And over yonder, the man making the magic happen, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is. And here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe and uh, comment away there with each other. We got a lot to talk about today oh my goodness (laughs) the nba was on one uh shout out to all the podcast listeners as well i always want to slip that in there leave your boys a five-star rating and review but before we get to everything we did have another wedgie so that's good bit of a weird one wedgie number 13 anthony davis uh you know tipping up the defensive rebound there after slipping it looked like he may be injured there first couple minutes of the game a little scary that's right that's right um but he came back and played well and we got another wedgie so we're on pace for 44. Starting to tick up here, which is was really great. It is hot. Over the last couple weeks. I feel like all the announcers these days are calling it wedgies. Yeah. It's happening mm-hmm. more and more. Bill mm-hmm. Land on the call there for the Spurs called it a wedgie. Yeah. Previous night, people are calling it a wedgie thanks to us. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <A little> pat <laughs> on the back true. to us. Uh, okay, before we get to uh, Game Ball Gate, uh, the NBA <laughs> announced yesterday that they have suspended Draymond Green indefinitely for striking Sun Center Yusuf Nurkic in the face, in the face, uh, during Tuesday's game. The league said Green will, quote, be required to meet certain league and team conditions before he returns to play, end quote. He's expected to receive counseling and work with the Warriors and the NBA while he's suspended. How surprising was this decision indefinitely <laughs> yeah. suspended Have here. you heard such a thing? <laughs> well, Rare. I guess for John Morant was sort of indefinitely suspended. Yeah, first but that, one. The yeah. first one, yeah. But that wasn't an on-court no, event no, that for, happened. No. That's why this indefinite, it's definitely the first time <laughs> that I remember talking about it. Since we started doing a show for the last 20 years or so, so this is definitely something the NBA wants Draymond Green to stop doing. Stop hitting people. Good luck with that. 
Yeah, it's going to be difficult. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I'm sure this that will do it. That is what they want, though. Yeah. I do agree. <laughs> well, we'll see yeah. if it works. Yeah, they're giving him a pretty long suspension. How long is this going to be? This could be until January. Could I be five certain. games. Could be, could be ten games. Yeah, could, be could be ten. As long as really he wants to make it. Well, <laughs> or as short as he wants to make it. Well, in theory. I, I think the NBA is going to be the one who puts the hammer down. Depending on what he does, it's going to be longer than five. I think because he had five earlier this year, I think it's going to be longer. So he was sad after he did it. I and I don't want to give him any credit or anything. It's going to be a long one, that is for sure. But does the indefinite label help out the Warriors for the first time, being that it's a different suspension? make them see it differently. I'm just tr- trying to sort some sort of solution for the Warriors. This is this is obviously painful for them. Yeah. This guy's good for this team. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, key. But you're right. I mean, he was just suspended for five games for a violent on-court incident. That's exactly what happened here. So it's got to be more than five games. Yeah. They play on Christmas. That's seven games from now. Does the NBA care to have Draymond back? For a game against the Nuggets, you probably want a full-strength Warriors team against a full-strength champion team. So I don't know if he makes it back in time for that. But uh, yeah, definitely surprising. I thought two to three games is what would happen just because Adam Silver tends to be on the lighter side of things uh, with suspensions. But like you said, Skeets, this was kind of a David Stern-like suspension um, from Adam Silver. And as we saw with John Morant, Silver doesn't like to be embarrassed this quickly. The John Morant second suspension came pretty quickly after his first indefinite one, and we're getting Draymond doing a second similar thing as well. Yeah, it's very clear the NBA is sick of dealing with Draymond Green and all this on-court bullshit. Uh, This is like Silver telling Draymond, you know, you can play your type of basketball, your aggressive basketball, without hitting opponents in the face, without stepping on people's chests, without hitting people in the dick. You know you can do that. I know people can do that because 99.9% of the league can do that. Uh, Why can't you? So it obviously doesn't matter how many games we keep slapping on you here. Uh, You don't learn your lesson. So let's try something else. And I guess this counseling idea, I roll my eyes at it. He's a grown-ass man. I don't think he's really going to change how he goes about playing basketball and playing that Draymond Green sort of always on the edge. Um, But they're going to give it a go. And you're right. It could be... Five games, it feels like that's minimum. I'm with you on that task, but probably will be more. But it will be how quickly and how well he takes to taking, I don't know, what we don't even really know what it is. Like, anger management classes, you know, sitting down with Silver. Like, we really don't know. Yeah, they're not going to go through practices and see if he hits people when he gets hit. <laughs> yeah, like they, like, poke the bear and right. see if you can, like, get him Let's to hope. step on you or punch you. I mean, what is it, what are they going to do? Yeah, so... It's obvious that they're just trying to give something a little bit more strict than they used to. Yeah. And then they have this season. We sat here and it didn't look like that big of a hit. So we all thought, go back to the old way. It's going to be one, two, three games at the most. But they're obviously trying to send a message. Mm-hmm. And I do, I do hold a little bit of hope that Draymond Green, after he receives a longer suspension, it's going to be whatever it is. Into, I think it's going to be into 2024 okay. that this will reset the Warriors a little bit into, okay, this dude has to calm down and this will change our focus, What, if anything, because it is so different. Because we've sat here for decades, literally decades. This is how long we've been doing the show. We've never heard such a 
such a term. Such a labeling <laughs> for a suspension. And indefinite. And indefinite. He did get yeah. off the bench or get off, uh, you know, off the court and say, "I'm sorry if that means anything." I don't. Know. I think <laughs> well, he is acting did. a we little different. We thought it different. did sitting here yesterday because, yeah. like you said, we were thinking, yeah, sort of three games. You know, he yeah. he okay. He clocks him in the face. It's reckless. It's unnecessary. Hence, getting tossed from the game. But you could maybe convince yourself that it was somewhat inadvertent. He didn't make a stink when he left the court. He did apologize right away, and so we thought, okay, they got to hit him with something because he keeps hitting people. But we thought it would be, yeah, five games are left, maybe three. And instead, they're like, it's open-ended. I mean, it could. Here's the thing. It could still be three to five games. I think it's possible that he could return if he does all the stuff they want him to, but um, could be much longer if, I don't know, he doesn't want to cooperate is the other part, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, I mean... The fact that he apologized right afterwards and said, hey, I don't apologize, but I got to apologize here, makes you think he will at least try to buy in so that he can get back um, to the Warriors and try and help them out. Now's a decent time uh, for Draymond to get suspended, I think. The Warriors have the Clippers, Nets, Blazers, Celtics, Wizards, Blazers coming up before they play the Nuggets on Christmas Day. So some winnable games in there, even if Draymond is missing, but I can't imagine he will be back in time to play against Jordan Poole. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think that's happening. You think maybe that's a part I of the I think they indefinite? will keep him out at least for that one. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Uh, Tim Kawakami of The Athletic, he noted that however long this suspension lasts, the league seems to be setting up a potential season-long suspension the next time Draymond Green crosses the proverbial line. I think there's some truth to that. Like, this is like we've gone, like, obviously a couple games, and then it's five games with Choking Gobert, and then this one is indefinitely, you need help. And then if, like, he returns, and he will at some point, be it at the end of this calendar year, maybe in 2024, you do it again, and he will probably, uh, you are looking at a severe suspension if we get to that. That's uh, I think, makes a lot of sense here. So it's it's a very, very hard sort of slap on the wrist here. Um, and you're penalizing your team, as we've talked about. Like, can the Warriors even save this season? I mean, you're right, cushy schedule, but it's not like they're like <laughs> they killing can't beat teams. anybody, right? Yeah, yeah. That's right. The problem. And then you get into like, oh, are they going to start? Are they going to blow this thing up? Like, is that actually the move here with with what Draymond's doing, with how Clay has played, and Wiggins and Looney, and like, do you lean into the into the youth movement? Obviously, you still have Curry playing at an elite level, but those are the questions you're going to be seeing and hearing for the next couple of weeks. They're not as good without him. They're three and six when he doesn't play this season. And there are some winnable games, but there are definitely some losable games in there. Adam Silver doesn't like punching to the face. I think we have uh, <laughs> we've yes. Yeah. The, the, and the NBA in general is growing since we used to see punches in the face happen a little bit more often. It's it's been a minute, it's been a while, but this is real, and I think it's gonna be far longer than five games just because of of what they'd done, because they could have easily just said, you know, three, four, and because they handed out a five-gamer. This is serious yeah. um, for, for Draymond Green. What's interesting, though, is uh, the National Basketball Players Association, they don't typically approve of this type of approach, right? Because this is this is leaving a lot of power in the hands, of course, Commissioner Silver, and this uncertainty for the player of, like, when, like, when am I coming back? And to the team. So, like, um, interested to hear what they think about this type of suspension, the indefinite here, um, because that's not usually what they would want to go to bat for with their guys. It is the players' union. So uh, I don't think we've heard really anything from, from that side yet. 
So maybe they're even up. They're not tired of Draymond. And Wadala's the leader of it too, right? Uh, he was. Is he still? Yeah, yeah. The, like yeah. the uh, executive director now that he's retired. Yeah. So obviously he'll be on Draymond's side. I assume they'll file something. You'd think so. Uh, but that'll take time to get sorted out too. So he's still gonna be missing time. All right. Uh, anything else on on Draymond Green there? <laughs> mm, no. When he got suspended for, or well, he didn't even get suspended when he punched Jordan Poole in the face. Didn't even miss a game uh, because that was an indefinite suspension as well on the Warriors side. But he had like a TV special on opening night mm-hmm. with Turner. Yeah, well, he's if, employed by them, or at least exactly. Some deal is with something them. similar going to happen here? Like Draymond's going to have a special about how I'm not punching people in the face anymore. Santa Draymond. <laughs> Santa Mont, yeah, maybe. That's a good question. I would vote no on that personally. No. I think that's a bad look. <laughs> right. It'd be a horrible look. Yeah. Yeah. Did it last time though. Yeah. 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 But it's starting to trickle down. The fact that Adam Silver and the and the NBA gives a different type of ruling here, I think it's starting to trickle down. You can't hit dudes anymore mm-hmm. and it's it's going to trickle down to the national broadcasters like TNT, I think. I think they will have to have some sort of whether it's a sit down with Draymond, maybe, but it'll be for him apologizing. I think. I think they'll go that direction. Mm. Oh, do you think this is setting up for the Draymond Green, uh, you know, apology tour and like redemption tour after he Print pretends to learn from all this? Yeah, re- <laughs> possibly. Re- I, I think right. if there's if there's anything that will help the Warriors, I think it is just changing the way he gets his wrist slapped. If anything, that they can reset, change their focus, even though they friggin' won so many championships, just to help them out here in the the last hurrah for them. This could help them, but it also could help, uh, yeah, Draymond have some some moments on TV where he apologizes some more. Can't wait. To that camera, into that camera, into that camera. You know, there's there's gonna be a TV. There's gonna be a TV. There's gonna be a TV. Uh, <laughs> there's gonna be a TV. All right, let's move on to uh, Giannis scoring 64 points in Milwaukee's 140-126 revenge win over Indiana. Career high, Bucks record, 64 points from Giannis. This guy was at the free throw line all game. Obviously, was dominant from the field. But after the game, the Pacers allegedly took the game ball, intending to give it to rookie Oscar Shibwe. Who? Yes, Oscar rookie rookie Oscar Shibwe, who scored his first NBA points. Mm-hmm. Sort of. He scored <laughs> he scored in the IST finals. Oh really? <laughs> the worst time to score. <laughs> but your it first doesn't points. count. It doesn't count. So the Bucks were not happy about this development. Some of them, including Giannis, uh, you know, chasing the Pacers into the tunnel, leaning into the locker rooms there, looking for that damn ball. And, uh, you know, the dispute spilled into the post-game interviews. It was all very weird, oh, also yeah. very funny. Um, and, and again, this was in a game where Giannis goes for 64 points, and it's like, yeah, okay, who cares? It's all about getting this game ball and who had it and how many game balls are there. It doesn't matter which one you get. <laughs> yeah, there were two and game balls, apparently. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and three claims on the game ball. We got uh, Giannis's career high, Oscar Shibwe getting his... Official first point, and of course, Damian Lillard passing Kyle Korver on right, the all-time right. three-point list, which Giannis was lying about, saying that's why he was going after the ball. <laughs> we don't believe you. <laughs> you think he wanted it for himself? Yeah, yeah I so do, do I. considering he took it home. Yeah. yeah, and then he said in the press conference, I've got a ball. I don't think it's the game ball. It feels a little stickier. Like, if it felt different than the one he just scored 64 points with, mm-hmm. I'm definitely giving it to my mom, he said, no matter what. A career high. Weird. It's it's 
That was Hard weird. to remember seeing Giannis that upset though after the game. What about Laddergate? Uh, yeah, he was upset about Laddergate <laughs> too, but he almost crushed a guy with yeah, a ladder because yeah. he couldn't make free throws. Good point. Uh, I think he was more upset here though. I mean, he was. he was like, he's like yelling at Halliburton and Lloyd Pierce, and obviously screaming to the back, like, "Where is this ball? Give me this ball back!" And all the footage is coming out now. You you see videos of the Pacers. I guess Miles <laughs> Turner, and you know, don't give it back to him, and like yelling, he didn't get that ball. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, yeah, all the other like clips you're seeing, and, and again the quotes. But um, I mean, it's fun. It's fun in the sense that it feels like a nice little rivalry here building uh, over the last couple weeks. Because let me go through it. Tyrese does the Dame Time celebration. When he hit the dagger in the IST semifinals against the Bucks, It was great, you know? They knocked him out. Giannis, he talked about getting some revenge. He sure as hell does go and get it. He scored 64 points last night. He dropped a shoulder into Tyrese Halliburton. Absolutely he did. He leveled him in this game. So he, of course, is looking for some sweet revenge. Yeah. Later in the game, you know, Giannis is running up to score here in his points. Uh, Neesmith hard fouls him underneath the rim, you know, around the shoulders, around the neck, brings him down, tries to pick him right back up, but that pisses off everybody. Uh, Bobby Portis and his laser eyes are going nuts. He gets tossed. <laughs> Thanasis, Giannis's brother, held back by Crowder. I mean, it looked like he was going to come out there and probably get a couple game suspensions for whatever he was about to do, but he's held back. And then after the game, we get the yoink of the ball here, and who's got it? It's like hot potato with whatever the game ball is. And again, this goes even into the postgame press conference. I think I summed it up there. But yeah, wow. And the fact that Turner dunked on Yanis's head the last time yeah. they played. Yes, this too. So that was a part of it. This was definitely a revenge game for the Bucks. They lost in the semifinal to this Pacers team. They've lost to them twice this season already before this game. So yeah, it wasn't just a game ball gate, which followed up the ladder gate. Uh, this, <laughs> this was real. Even though it was fake, it was real. and It just it seems so weird because Damian Lillard took that Buzzer three ball at the end. Bucks assistant got the ball. Yes. He went and got, a Bucks assistant went and got the ball and handed it to another person who every everybody on Twitter was doing the video work. Yeah. And and I thought, who is that guy that the Bucks assistant handled it, handed it to? Right. Must be must be a Pacers guy, but it was another Bucks guy. Yeah, it came from that side of the yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah. So what's <laughs> what is happening that they're fighting about a ball? Okay, well Ziller had a funny theory about all this. He says. It could be that the Bucks did have the actual game ball initially, but they got word that the Pacers took a game ball. Again, there are multiple game balls, which was the backup ball. And then after all the drama, the Pacers actually gave Giannis the ball they took, thinking it was the real game ball, but it wasn't because the Bucks already had that real game ball. <laughs> so when Giannis says it didn't feel like the game ball, the one that he was touching after all of this, it wasn't because it was the backup ball. But the Bucks even had the real game ball. So they ended up with maybe both of them. That's a decent theory. <laughs> decent theory. Good theory. Uh, but hilarious. I mean, I was explaining this to my wife, Nora, this morning. Like, going through these clips. And, you know, Giannis getting upset and going to the back. And some of the post-game press conferences. And the hard foul. And she's like, what is good? This is like a Real Housewives episode. There's more drama in this. These grown men over a ball than one of those episodes. I was like, eh, some truth to that. Um... But a very funny, weird moment 
<laughs> in the NBA with the with a superstar in Giannis. Like, yeah, this isn't yeah, a nobody. Man. This is like the face of the league. Just go score sixty five next time. <laughs> this wasn't even that impressive of a sixty four point game. <laughs> he took thirty two free throws. Yeah, nobody wants to see thirty plus free throws. It's only happened thirteen times in NBA history. Mostly Wilt Chamberlain. Mm. The last to do it though, Andre Drummond in twenty sixteen. I think he scored 17 points and took 30-plus <laughs> free throws. Yeah, Giannis, 24 for 32 at the line. <laughs> yeah. Man, pretty damn good uh, But petty stuff uh, from both sides, I will say. Uh, so good going forward. Hopefully they meet in the playoffs. Exactly. Yeah. How could you not love this? I mean, uh, some real beef here. They hate each other. And Giannis is so good against the Pacers. They played each other three times. He has scored 155 points in three games, so he's averaging over 50 in those games. <laughs> he can punish those dudes. He can, he can just score on them. And he doesn't like Miles Turner. Miles Turner dunked on him earlier this season in the semifinals, and he dunked on him before. He's got a good little dunk montage. Two on Giannis, one time on Tristan Thompson, one time on Gordon Hayward, our fantastic fans, after we said that's the best dunk of his career when he dunked on Giannis in the semifinals, threw those ones out. So he's got some good ones, but Giannis likes to score on these guys. Five 50-point games this season in the NBA. Giannis already has two of them. I know people don't want to give him the MVP or have put in so many more guys above him like Tyrese Halburn, who had a good game in this one. And I love the way the Pacers play at home. So it was fun. Uh, but, yeah, the Bucks want to keep beating these dudes. You know, 70 points in the paint. He keeps, they just score in the paint. The funny so, part is, coming into this game, I think a lot of people, at least myself, thought, ooh, this will be the Dame revenge game. I mean, he will be the one that really sort of tries to send a message to Halliburton and the Pacers for what they did and the Selly and all that. But no, Giannis says, I got this. <laughs> I'm going to go dunk on these guys and go nonstop at the rim until they have no point or nothing else to do but foul me, foul me, foul me. And Dame, I was feeling for Dame during the confrontation. He's like, man, I don't care. I passed Kyle Korver. Yeah. Nobody cares. I'm not first. <laughs> Halliburton what, within what all of this. Lie, yeah, man. Middleton, Lillard. Uh, Beasley, like everybody is like, are you okay, man? Like, let's go. Like, he was really fired up about that ball. It takes a lot, but you can get under Giannis's skin. It goes back to yeah. his first playoff appearance with the Bulls when he just completely shoulder checked Mike Dunleavy after the Bucks were getting sent home in the first round. Okay, mm. moving on. Yeah, well, I, and, and, and he only got to that 64 point total because the Pacers closed the gap pretty quickly. He came back in the game, it was 19 points with 324 left. He goes and sit down, but that's when Oscar Sheeway went off. And Ben Shepard, who? Ben Shepard went off for the Pacers and made it a close gap. So he came back into the game with two minutes and four seconds left and then scored and scored and scored and scored again. That's the only time, that's the only reason, I should say, that he got to 60 ben points. Shepherd. Ben Shepard. Can't wait for the next Oscar Sheeway. Uh, she win. Yeah, I, I love that that plot twist that he already had scored in an NBA game, but it was the final, so it didn't count. There's something so funny about that. Uh, all right, moving on here. Uh, Phoenix, big three debut. Booker, Durant, Beal, they all played in the same game. Didn't matter. The balanced Nets beat them 116-112. Any takeaways, thoughts on uh, either the big three and how they looked or uh, the Nets continuing to play really, really good basketball? The main takeaway I had about Phoenix is that it's a good thing Bradley Beal is finally back because they got a lot to figure out. Mm -hmm. It did not look like they had ever played together uh, to me, and I thought that Beal in particular was kind of a bystander in this one. He got a basket off a baseline out-of-bounds play. He got a basket on a fast break. I think he finished 6-for-9 from the field, but he only took three shots in the second half. He took one shot in the fourth quarter 
Chemezi Metu was more involved in the offense than Bradley Beal was, as was Nurkic. And I got to say, just too much Nurkic. Honestly, just he's involved in way too many plays for this team because he's the main big guy out there. Yeah. So they all want to set a screen with him. But it ends up with Nurkic taking a whole bunch of shots sure. for your team. And when he's got it going, he can make them. But it, everything should be distributed a lot more differently, I do think, going forward. It's tough to be the third guy in general when you're in a big three. But that third guy is usually a big guy. Kevin Love, Chris Bosh, they're used to their shots going down. I don't know if that's going to be the case with hmm. Bradley Beal. He's just standing there and yeah. waiting. He's basically just a catch-and-shoot guy uh, at this point. So we'll see what they figure out uh, further on going down the line. But I wasn't super impressed their first game out there together. Yeah, I think the bigger problem is was they're just their, their whole rotation was different in this game in that Chemezi Metu started – for some reason, because there were some injuries, Mr. Eric Gordon out uh, and Grayson Allen out. So they decided to start Chibezi Metu. And you're right about the, going to Nurkic a little too much. Drew Eubanks got pulled real quick in this game. So I think they have to figure out the rotation. I'm surprised they didn't start Jordan Goodwin. And so when Devin Booker was on the floor, they kicked ass. He was a plus 16. But when he was off the floor, they were minus 20. So I think it was just more of a rotation, like you said, figuring things out. Uh, and because the guys like Chumezi Metu, Nasir Little, just weren't guarding the three-point line, the Nets just started raining down. They hit too many threes uh, in this game. And it was the Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson, hey, we came home, yeah, and we're going to start raining down ourselves. Uh, so th- they did a great job of that. They just got contributions from everybody. This is how the Nets are winning all these games. I mean, you're right. Bridges and Cam led the way. It was cool, like, reception they got uh, from the Suns crowd. I'd love to see that. But Clax in a good game, 6 of 10. You know, Dinwiddie, 6 of 11. Cam Thomas shot a lot, but that's what he does. But hit four threes, got to the line. He had 24 points. And then guys that come off the bench, you get just enough from, like, your O'Neals and your Finney Smiths and, and even Watford. So, really good win. I mean, the Nets have a better record than the Suns. 13 and 10. Suns are 13 and 11. I know they're in two different conferences and all that, but... Uh, that's an. I mean, they've surprised a lot of people, Brooklyn has. I think people didn't know where to put them coming into the season. It was like, yeah, I mean, are they going to still be decent? Or are they going to be like a play-in team or out of the play-in picture? And, you know, they're squarely in the middle there in the Eastern Conference. And I don't see why they would uh, sort of fall out. They're just like sound enough. I don't love them in a playoff series. I think that'll be an issue uh, when the game gets a little different. But they should be there, uh, I would think, in the end either coming in through the play-in or, or even making a, an actual first-round series. Basically, everybody on their team except for centers can shoot threes. So they're third in makes per game. They're third in percentages. Last night, it was 15-9 to nine from three. And that's really the difference yeah. because the Suns, they're going to take a lot of twos. And yeah, I don't really have a high ceiling for the Nets. It feels like their team is full of guys we used to talk about. Like when Kevin Durant was on the Brooklyn Nets, Nick Claxton. He was in the mix for all defense. Now you never hear about him. Mm-hmm. When Royce O'Neal was on the Utah Jazz, we heard about how he's one of the best defenders out there. Now you never hear about him. But they're still decent role players, yeah. and they can all make threes. So they'll give an effort defensively, and then they'll make some shots on the other end. You're in the mix for a lot of games there. And usually the Suns are pretty good at defending the three. But as I said about the sort of the rotations and Chemezi Metu starting, and then he's the backup center when um, Nurkic went to the bench because Drew Eubanks wasn't good enough for, for Frank Vogel. They're like 23rd in terms of defensive three-point percentage allowed. So uh, that's the other way. Twenty, They're, they're actually eighth in the league. Uh, so that's a pretty solid percentage for them, even though 
Cam Johnson had that video with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Did you see that space draft? Oh, that yeah, I did. did. I sent that to uh, our friend Paul, who loves yeah, space loves and space. basketball. He said, I'm the perfect person. This is like my Venn diagram overlapping here. <laughs> yeah. It was a great video. It was a great video. <laughs> I didn't know Cam Johnson likes space so much. Yeah, it was very, very cool. That was cool. And then he came on and hit shots. Uh, any other games you want to touch on from last night? I know we're leaving a lot left on the table here, but anything else caught your eye? Solid mid-off in Toronto last night uh, between yeah. the Raptors and the Hawks. Both teams came in. On a four-game losing streak, you know, I think they both had nine wins coming into this game, but uh, yep. the Raptors kind of handed it to the Hawks, I thought. Five straight losses now for Atlanta, and that's what sticks out to me. They've lost seven of their last eight. Basically, once Big Johnson went down, the team completely went down. They were eight and seven when Jalen Johnson was playing, one and seven since. They're 28th in defense right now, the Atlanta Hawks are. The only teams below them are the Wizards and the Hornets. So you can say that the Hawks are last in defense if you really want to. <laughs> They're trying to win. They're trying to make it to the playoffs right here, but there's just nothing. They, I mean, Trey Young had an incredible first half. I think he's the first player this season to have 20 points and 10 assists in the first half of the game, but he went cold, I thought, in the second half. And once that was the case, the Raptors caught fire from three, and it was basically all wide-open three-point shots in uh, the third quarter. The transition defense for the Hawks, non-existent. If you set a screen, somebody's going to be wide open, and maybe it'll take three passes, but it was usually taking one for the Raptors to get good looks uh, last night. 135 points for Toronto. Yeah. And that's a team that doesn't score a lot. No, to hit 18 threes for this Raptors team, I mean, that has not been happening a lot this season. But Siakam hit five, OG hit a couple, Barnes hit three, Schroeder hit three, Gary Trent Jr. off the bench hit four. I mean, that's how you get up to 18 of 34 shooting from distance. And they're, I mean, any team in this league is going to look a lot better when you can hit at least your three-pointers with some consistency. I'm not saying the Raps got to shoot 53% from deep every night, but you got to be flirting uh, above average, and they just had so many games tasked where they were ice cold from deep. And some of that was the Hawks just uh, being nowhere close to them. I don't know if that was the game plan. <laughs> I don't know if uh, you know <laughs> Quinn was like, oh, they can't shoot threes, just let them shoot it. But it got them last night. Yeah, it's the Sadiq Bay effect. When he enters the starting lineup for DeAndre Hunter, who's out, that's, that's big for them, yeah. and Jalen Johnson, who's out for them. They have lost two good teams, but their defense overall is just uh, pretty poor. Yeah. And that's a problem. I wonder you know, how deep they're going to go into uh, making a trade happen at, at somewhere like that small forward wing position to help some of their defense because it ain't good. Uh, all right, let's take a break, and when we come back, We've got a bunch of interesting headlines in Is This News. Don't go anywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, we got the stream team fired up because we did not mention Joel Embiid. Going for what, 30 and 10 plus there in the first half? 
against the Detroit Pistons, yep. who have now lost yep. Yep. 21 consecutive games. They are 2-22. and 22. Uh, So, yeah, monster game from Embiid. And uh, we had the Pelicans crushing the Wizards. They continue to suck. We had the Lakers beating the Spurs. <laughs> Good game from Wemby, but Spurs continue to suck. Rockets beat the Grizz. He beat the Hornets, and uh, I jinxed the Knicks. I just pointed out they haven't lost against bad teams. You know, teams <laughs> with a sub-500 record, they lose in Utah last night. So there you go. I think that's all the games now. Got to them. I think the Pistons having to start Isaiah Stewart at center because Jalen Duran is hurt, and then James Wiseman was the backup center. Those are two guys that Joel B can score against. <laughs> yeah, he can score against anybody, but definitely those guys. Yeah. Just crush them. Just crush them. Uh, all right, let's get into some Is This News. Yeah, we got some interesting headlines here for you guys today and everybody joining us live and all the podcast listeners. First one, though. Brought a smile to my face. New York Post. Knicks bring back Taj Gibson to help fill Mitchell Robinson void. Trey Kirby, is this news? Uh, it's news because I was surprised to see that Taj Gibson has now signed five contracts with the Knicks. That's <laughs> like his wow. third stint, but he's signed five, five contracts with the Knicks. Wow. Unbelievable to me. Uh, I was looking at his basketball reference page. Uh, two nicknames so far for Taj Gibson. Hard hat and lunch pail. <laughs> I got a new one for him. Teenager's cell phone in the 1990s. Because I hope he's for emergencies only. <laughs> we got to play Sims. We got to play Hartenstein. And Tom Thibodeau, it's nice for you to have a veteran in your locker room. It used to be Derrick Rose, former Bull, but now he's on the Memphis Grizzlies. So with Mitchell Robinson out, needed some veteranship there. Uh, and apparently Taj got the call. <laughs> Again. Again. Yeah. Five <laughs> yeah. contracts. Wow. And, Unbelievable. And, and Tosh Gibson and Tom Thibodeau reunited for the fourth time in the NBA. Yes, yes. Uh, Bulls days, Wolves days, and now two go-arounds here with the Knicks. The good thing you brought up the the cell phone in the 90s because mm-hmm. uh, this is the only man now on the Knicks that was born in the 80s. <laughs> uh, the, their, their oldest guy who plays is Julius Randle. He's 29. So they, they, I think they just want an old guy – yeah, for the floor because Mitchell Robinson is hurt and they, they don't want to start Jericho Sims. But also just to be in the locker room, they don't want anybody talking trash to Tom Thibodeau. Like they have recently <laughs> been – there's been a couple guys that have been disappointed in their roles in Josh Hart, Quentin Grimes recently. And so I think he's just there to shake some hands. This man is old uh, for for the NBA now. Do not be surprised, though, if Tibbs plays this guy. Oh, he's going to start. <laughs> If he starts, that's ridiculous, man. That's crazy. No, I don't think he's going to start, but he, he'll see it. He'll see the floor. He'll get an opportunity. Maybe it'll be because another injury or something, but Taj Gibson will be out oh, there yeah. for I, Tibbs. Oh, yeah. Tibbs to Taj, I wish I knew how to quit you. Man, <laughs> loves this guy. And look, he's a vet. He's, gonna, he's not going to hurt you, but you know, you're not going to get a ton, of yeah. course, from Taj Gibson at this point in his career. But nice to have him back there uh, <laughs> in New York. All right, next one here from The Athletic. Wizards and Capitals owner Ted Leonsis plans to move teams from D.C. to Virginia. Is this news? Well, this is huge news. Uh, this is going to hurt Washington fans mm-hmm. big time, even though, as Ted Leonsis said, it's only four miles away. Cross uh, the river. Yeah, cross the river, <laughs> hit the Potomac. Um, that hurts. Potomac. Yeah, it's, that's going to be a problem for Washington fans. They're moving the team to make more money. That's clearly what this maneuver is. Yep. They're going to build 
an entertainment district around it. Right. That's what it's all about. We saw it here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking yep. when I heard the news. And then within the article, it yep. actually points it out. The battery here in Atlanta, which is north of the city. Uh, you know, similarly aged, I believe, arenas too, both in Washington sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. and then the one, the, the Brave Stadium here. But it's this idea, you're right, Tass, of like build the performing arts venue and the new practice facility for the Wizards and a new studio for Monumental Sports Network. Just all this stuff that then they'll all have control of and make more money off of, not just the arena, but still sucks. It's unfortunate. Did you guys ever go to a game in Washington, D.C.? No. You ever been to the Verizon Center? The Mm-mm. Capital One Arena? The whatever else it's called? MCI uh, Center? Yeah, it it's something like that. Yeah. I wish oh. I saw Ovechkin it, there. Because they co- play hockey there, too. Yeah, that's right. And it's it's <laughs> it's the great – one of the best things going for it, honestly, is the location in a city like that. Like where it was, like sort of in uh, sort of the Chinatown Penn Quarter District. It's like right there amongst all your like landmarks in Washington, D.C. So, yeah, it's not going far, but, you know, it's going to North Virginia now. I mean, if this happens, it's not a done, done deal – but it's going to be because Ted Leonsis wants to make more money. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like all these billionaires do. Yeah, and they make more money off the businesses around it that set set up their way, set up their offices, etc. But at the same time, even though there's some ridicule of Washington Wizards fans in the past, doesn't mean that there's going to be a ton of fans in the stadium or the arena. It's just a trickle-down effect. Same thing happened, yeah, to the Braves where it used to be really easy to get to the games. People get on public transportation, get there. Now it's hard. Now it's a little bit more difficult. Mm -hmm. And David Aldridge does a great job of writing the history of of what's going on there Mm -hmm. uh, on The Athletic. So, yeah, it hurts. It hurts. There's some people who protested here in Atlanta. Didn't happen. Uh, I had a great great doctor who just looked at my, uh, my orbital break. Mm-hmm. The break of my orbital mm-hmm. bone and say, she, oh, you, did, you got hit by a car outside the Braves stadium? I protested for years. I used to be a season seat holder wow. at mm-hmm. Turner Field. I protested for years that that stadium uh, ended up being occupied by the Braves and all the businesses surrounding it. It's it's yeah, unfortunate, but uh, yeah, TBD. There will be protesters to try and keep it in Washington, I'm sure. Yeah, in uh, I guess uh, the athletic article, it does say that Monument officials, this is who sort of like owns the whole thing here, uh, they said in a statement they're excited about the potential opportunity to update Capital One Arena, like the, the arena where the Wizards play right now and the Capitals, to be the future home of the Washington Mystics. So maybe the WNBA team will actually slot in there and play there, um, which you'd like to see, but still sort of wild. It'll be, I guess, what it's like a, is it a 15, 20 minute drive? Depends on the traffic, of course, across the bridge to Northern Virginia for this new area that they're looking at, which at least has mass transit, I'm told, to get there. Mm. Unlike uh, the Atlanta situation. Yes, yes, which is insane that you have to drive to get to the actual game. But again, no signed deal. Could, in theory, still fall apart. um, Because I think uh, Washington, D.C. was like trying to make like a last-pitch effort. Like, hey, we'll give you more money. We'll give you money to stay here and do the upgrades and all that, but... Very unlikely, I would say, when they're doing press conferences about the idea of moving. Hey, yeah, exactly right. Uh, downtown arenas are cooler. There ain't no way, other way to put it. <laughs> Facts. They're cooler, and you get a better crowd. Um, but, I don't know. The Braves have been good since they moved to the battery. The money that comes in, if the owner actually will spend it on the team, it can right. be beneficial. And maybe then you'll actually see some Wizards fans out there. Yeah, and you're seeing American cities see that, see what happened to Atlanta, and try and copy it. Yeah, replicate it for sure. Exactly, because of all the businesses around it. 
Uh, well, in other arena news, here's the other headline. Uh, Oklahoma City voters approve a sales tax for $900 million Thunder Arena. Is this news, Trey Kirby? I think this is news uh, because part of this is that it means the Thunder are going to be staying in OKC until 2050. That's a yep. long time from now. Apparently, they're going to get a new arena uh, by 2030. Yep. So I do like that. I really like that the Thunder are staying since they're a team that has already left a city. Once, they shouldn't be leaving again. But also, now the people of Oklahoma City are paying taxes to build an arena. And I love that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, the Thunder's ownership group is going to throw in $50 million. There we go. There we go. Thanks, <laughs> $50 million Clay. Of the 900 Appreciate million. it, man. We got you for that. But, uh, yeah, that's what this uh, 1% sales tax for uh you know whatever five or six years here to help fund this new downtown arena now they did put it to vote and it was a pretty resounding yes i believe i think it was around 75 mm-hmm. percent mm-hmm. of the people that went out and voted in okc that that they want this that they're okay paying the sort of the penny tax their tasks to keep a team now you can we can get into like i'm with you trey like should the people have to pay for these arenas no it should be the billionaires and like balmer to his credit it's what he's doing with his new, uh, you know, yep. shit dome where all the toilets you can put in there, <laughs> and uh, I guess uh, the Warriors, similar, I, I believe uh, that is, you know, funded by them. But we see this a lot here with some of these cities, especially these, especially these cities that are sort of held hostage to it. Right? That's the issue. Mm-hmm. It's like, do this, approve this, pay for this arena, or we might be going. It sucks, but it's, I mean, that's that's where we're at with these billionaire owners. Yeah, 71% uh, said, 71. yes, I want it. 29 said, uh-uh, do not want it. Uh, although there is this little line here. The sales tax will begin April 1st, 2028, yeah. when the current sales tax ends. So the city's sales tax rate will remain unchanged. So, so you'll be paying thanks. for it in the future. <laughs> well, they're already paying for renovations yeah, that's for true. the current arena. Ah, that's. Oh, I thought it was a sales tax Nah. Just sales tax. Okay, so you're paying for it now. You're going to keep paying for it yeah. in the future. Which you don't want to be Seattle is basically what yeah. the funder are saying. Remember what we did last time? Yeah. Yeah. So it is unfortunate for them that they're going to have to pay. I wonder, being that Oklahoma City is obviously not losing this team, if this is just a quick step, a smaller step into expansion and when that happens in the NBA because at some point it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And if you're locking in 30 franchises, then that leads you to know that things are more secure in those cities. And we can eventually get to this chatter about Seattle, Vegas, Mexico City, Canadian cities in Montreal and Vancouver. I want to make this clear. I'm very excited for Oklahoma City Thunder fans. And I think most people are that the team is going to stay through 2050. They're going to get a new arena. They obviously have a young, up-and-coming, exciting team. Like, I fired up down to dunk yesterday. Andrew Schlecht, our guy, the OKC Thunder podcast. They were over the moon. Of course they would be. Like, they're like, yeah, I'm okay paying this very small sales tax because I want the team to be here. Mm-hmm. Of course, he does a podcast about the team. <laughs> that makes sense. He's a huge basketball fan. And But at the same time, I think a lot of people, and you're seeing a lot of the resentment, like, here we go again. This happens, you know, in Nashville and Buffalo, and it's a, this, this public-private ownership model, which, you know, the taxpayers pony up the cash to build the arena. Then they pay more taxes to go to the damn arena, and it's like profiting for the owners like that sucks we can still be upset with that but it is what it is and it went to a vote you let the residents decide how much do you want a professional sports team here in your city 
And do you believe it'll have positive economic impact? A lot of reports say that's bullshit. I actually think it's maybe more true for a place like OKC, but uh, you know, they voted on it and what happened we saw in Seattle, a lot of them wish they still had a team, of course, and mm-hmm. hopefully they get one back. But similar circumstances for sure when it comes to the arena part of it all. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this ownership group knows how to get an arena built yeah. and have somebody else pay for it. Yeah, and that's the part that sucks because they're like, well, you pay for it I'm, or I'm gone. Mm-hmm. So then you're left going, well, man, I really like a team here. <laughs> but we got you till 2050. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, well, let's hear from everybody on that one. Final one doesn't have to do with arenas. Well, <laughs> it does. Sort of does. Uh, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen headline the inaugural class for Bulls Ring of Honor. Yeah, that Ring of Honor will go up in that in that stadium there in Chicago. This is by way of NBA.com. Trey, my guy, you see the graphic there. Well done. Is this news? Eh, this is minor news. Uh, you know, I don't think we're aware of all the Rings of Honor that are out there. <laughs> Didn't know the Suns had one until last night. I was like, oh, cool. But uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of like um, the mid-tier level of honoring for the Chicago Bulls, if we're being quite honest. We've talked a lot of times like about Joaquim Noah, about Derrick Rose. Will they ever have their jerseys retired by the Bulls? I thought no, because they don't retire a lot of jerseys. They only got four. Basically, you got to win some championships or you be really, really old. They didn't do either. So now they've got this. And the main requirements are that you have to have spent at least three seasons with the team, uh, be retired for three years, and you have to have either an award or an NBA championship. So I'm like, Derrick Rose, you're an MVP. You will be in the Ring of Honor. Joakim Noah, you've got a Defensive Player of the Year. You will be in the Ring of Honor. If I'm Horace Grant, I'm feeling some type of way that Tony Kukoc and Dennis Rodman are getting honored from the second uh, three-peat teams. Uh, But I assume he'll get his call eventually. Gonna be weird though to see Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen back together for this. Oh, <laughs> that will be interesting. Boy. Hope are they leaving the families at home. <laughs> uh, so you think this is just a slick way by the Bulls here to eventually honor those guys like Rose and Joakim Noah by having the Ring of Honor, and you don't have to worry about like, yeah, they didn't bring us a championship, so we're not gonna put their uh, their actual jersey up in the rafters. There's something for the franchise favorites yeah. out there, and it allows you to keep your standards high for the ultimate honor of having your jersey retired or perhaps uh, even having a statue built uh, if you're one of the all-time greats, but you still get your name and recognition uh, throughout history. But it's pretty funny. This is uh, going to be Michael Jordan's fourth time being honored by the Chicago <laughs> Bulls. <laughs> He's got his jersey retired. He's got a statue. statue. He's going to be in the Ring of Honor, and they're inducting the 95-96 Bulls as a full team uh, for this one as oh, well. Okay, yes, yes, yeah. that's true. The 72 and 10 Bulls are uh, also being in, in, in yeah. included in this ring of honor. Yeah, and that'll happen actually f- during a Golden State Warriors matchup. So Steve Kerr, oh, come on over. There you go. You play. Wow, yeah, nice. So that'll happen. Uh, but, yeah, I, I loved hearing Charles Barkley's comments about Pippen and Jordan. And Charles said, I got to go. I gotta go. I'm just gonna sit back in the corner and stare. I'm praying. Please don't have it on a night when I gotta work because I wanna go there and be a fly on the wall. They shouldn't do it on the same night because that's the only way they're gonna get a crowd is on the Ring of Honor night. They should spread it out, he also said. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, but he wants to see Jordan and Pippen. Uh, shout out to the Dan Patrick show that had Charles on to talk about Jordan and Pippen. Uh, yeah, the Bulls plan to add to the Ring of Honor every two years. So the next class would be inducted in 2026. I don't know if it's mandatory that somebody has to go 
into the Ring of Honor uh, every two years, but that's what they said in this little uh, press release here. So, yeah. Michael, Scotty, Dennis, Phil Jackson, Jerry Krause, Artis Gilmore, Jerry Sloan, Tony Kukoc, Bob Love, Chet Walker, Johnny Red Kerr, Tex Winner, and who can forget Dick Klein? <laughs> Those are your uh, names going in the inaugural class here. <laughs> but no Horace, good point. I got to connect four for you. There's not five of these players, so it's just the connect four. All right. Tony Kukoc. Yeah. Bill Walton. Kevin McHale. Bobby Jones. What do they have in common? There's only four of them. Only four. There's only four. Of them. I couldn't even get to five. So this is just like the actual game. Click, clack, click. Sixth click, man uh, something? Sixth man and. and... It's not six man in titles. There's in no the way. same season. Ooh, good one. Those are the only four guys that have won sixth man of the year and the NBA title in oh. the same season. Tony Kukoc, still the last guy in 1996. Prior to that, Walton with the 86 Celtics. McHale, 84 Celtics. Bobby wow. Jones, 83 Sixers. Wow. It's a curse. The Kukoc curse. You don't want to <laughs> win six man of the year. You're not winning a championship. Wow, when did uh, Lamar Odom win Sixth Man of the Year? The year after they won the titles. Yeah, yeah, 2010-11, good point. Uh, Good one, I like that. Uh, All right, that's his this news. Lots of talks about Arena. we got to take one more break. When we come back, Trey has Tweet of the Night. It's NBA playoffs time, and that means NBA snack time. I can't stop eating while I'm watching. So many options in my house that i got to cut out a bit. i got to switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up. Sunflower seeds, sure. But maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation, perhaps? Good thought. Here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com dunks and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code dunks to help make starting the good habit that much easier. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. All right, from TUD to TOTN, let's get to <laughs> Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. <laughs> 
Twitter. Yeah, I talked about it a little smidgeroo earlier. Uh, 21 straight losses now for the Detroit Pistons. Shout out to Lee Ellis and shout out to Richie Benno. Two and 22. That's right. Not great stuff, but some good sadness from Pistons fans <laughs> yeah, last yeah. night after the 21st straight loss. Uh, it's just worth checking out at Kofi's Twitter account. See all of the memes he was posting, but this was the one that really caught fire. Uh, RJ Hunt 36 tweeted out, this is getting out of control. Even the youth is disappointed in this team. And we've got slow-mo shots of sad Pistons going straight into two young Pistons fans punching each other in the arms and a parent coming in to say, please stop, please stop. Apparently there was also um, a kid crying shown on the Jumbotron at the game last night. That brother needs help. Man, that's all I could think. (laughs) Help out that kid's shoulder. He's going to get pounded. Uh, Bad stuff. Brothers fighting brothers, the worst. Oh, man, it's so bad. The Pistons just need to, like, just get one win here and get the hell out of the way because the Spurs <laughs> yeah, are on an insane losing streak and the Wizards are basically just as bad despite having a tiny bit record. I mean, just one win for Detroit here and, like, all attention shifts to, like, yeah, San Antonio or Washington, but it's just because they're they're leading the pack here yeah. in terms of futility. Uh, at 21 straight, I mean, it, they're, it's in play, Tess. This uh, all-time losing streak record of 26 games in, within one season. Well, luckily they have the Hawks coming up who have struggled defensively. And then the Jazz right after that who are quite injured and have a bad season. Uh, because Joel Embiid with his 30 and 10 assists in the first half um, can do that against the Detroit Pistons. No problem. Mm-hmm. To throw out a 6'8 guy to guard him right now because of their injuries. They throw out Isaiah Stewart. Joel Embiid's a lot bigger than Isaiah Stewart. Um, he's undersized. Yes, he he's undersized for the four spot. Then you start him at the center spot. That ain't going to work, but they play them again right now on Friday. Yeah. Uh, Got to catch them sleeping. Sixers fans were not happy to see that on the schedule. Like, Please not us. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rope-a-dope. That's what they're doing here. Maybe Embiid gets a rest game because that's a back-to-back yeah, with – maybe. For well, for the Pistons, uh, it's a back-to-back. I, I was should say. say. Yeah, I think... uh, yeah. You so, said Friday night, right? Friday All night, right. exciting. So they get back-to-back. Well, it is. It is a uh, Pistons Hornets back-to-back for the Sixers. So maybe they take it and Embiid take uh... a seat. He is one star that has been getting a little tiny bit of rest this season, uh, but the Sixers. Yeah, then they get a back-to-back with the Bucks. They play the Bucks on Saturday. So two losses coming up for the for the Pistons. It was nice to see uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. have a really good game. I know it's against the Pistons, so it barely counts, but uh, 17 points, 7-9 shooting. Kelly uh, sort of working back into uh, the rhythm that we saw earlier before the uh, – you know the 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 accident where he was hit by a car when he was on his bike. So I think the only game stuff. the Sixers have lost with Kelly Oubre in the lineup was opening night. Wow, they lost by one, and then they're eleven and one with him. Jeez. in the lineup. Okay, that's pretty good. Kelly's the the secret sauce here. Uh, all right, come on, Detroit, you can do it. Catch catch Philly sleeping on a Friday night. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, well, you th- well, you thought for a little bit that the that they were gonna I surprise they were gonna the, beat Pacers. the Pacers, but now I was just uh, all I could see from Pistons fans last night was saying, oh, "We better not get the thirty straight." They're just fast forwarding the next ten oh, games. Geez. <laughs> geez. Simulate. I don't know. I had hope. I had hope. The Pacers, man, they could have done it. They yeah. didn't do it. They couldn't do it, actually. Tess is right. Pistons fans are, like, simulating the, the yeah. season here already. Just skip. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Well, that's Tweet of the Night. That's hopefully another classic here. Uh, obviously, some crazy topics there with uh, 
the Game Ball Gate, Draymond's indefinite suspension, some other action, all that arena news. A lot uh, of arena talk. You tell us, though. Leave your boys a five-star rating and review. Hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. Hey, if you're a Survivor fan, we're jumping on at 1 p.m. Eastern over at No Buffs to talk about the penultimate episode. Episode 12 of Survivor 45. We're down to the final five. Yeah, baby. And you're seeing three of them right there on your screen. So we'll be talking about that episode, who went home, and who's going to win this damn game because next Wednesday night is the eight-hour finale of Survivor. (laughs) Just kidding. It's three hours. (laughs) It's chunky. It's a chunky. Are you here on Thursday, by the way, next week? I'm on a helicopter, just like uh, our friends <laughs> on Survivor. Okay. <laughs> Flying for yeah, I didn't Christmas, think you were. Christmas cheers. It's going to be a crazy Thursday here in the factory. That's okay. Um, but again, thanks for joining us. Join us at 1 p.m. if you're a Survivor fan. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and Remember, everything is better in threes. So the Bucks dramas, Laddergate, Game Ball Gate. What's the other Bucks big drama over the years? Or one that's coming? Either way, I'll take, I'll take any. <laughs> oh, I hope I'll it's one coming. It's got to be another one. The, I think the Bucks play the Pacers five times this year because yeah, they've, had, they do. they've had to play them in the semifinals, so they got a couple more games. They hate each other. There could be another gate. They play early in the new year, I think. Maybe January 4th. Oh. Something with... Uh, I don't know, something with New Year's resolution gate. (laughs) (laughs) We'll figure it out. Let us know. Let us know in the comments. We'll figure it out. All right, embrace the day, people.